Welcome back in hour number two of Saturday Tailgate, week nine edition here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Nikhail Marquis Munson with you, leading you right up until kickoff today. Coming up at 11 o'clock here on 1025 The Game, we've got Wisconsin and Ohio State. Coming up in just about 10 minutes, we'll talk to Michael Bratton from Saturday Down South. We'll get all the thoughts on all the big games from around the conference today, but let's play another game Hollywood of in or out, and we'll start off with this statement. Number one, in or out on the following, Wisconsin robbed us of a great Big Ten matchup today by laying a dud last week. In or out? I'm going to go in because when we looked at this Wisconsin team, we we said to ourselves, like, hey, this is a Wisconsin team, you know, we need to look out for. They finally got a quarterback that they can probably win with. They got a defense that they can win with. This is a Wisconsin team that maybe, you know, we need to look at, you know, down the line. So, and all of a sudden they lose to Illinois. Now, now the hype around the Michigan Penn State game was still there, even though Michigan lost a game this year. Mm-hmm. So the hype is still there. I think it's still going to be a good competitive game, maybe in the first half. But I look at this game, man. I'm like, man, if you guys were undefeated. You know, we could have been looking at this game a lot different. We could have been looking at this game like this is what's going to be how the Big Ten is is you know solidified. Like who's going to win the Big Ten? Well, who's if gonna Wisconsin take an would have won that game last week, I think College Game Day would be in Columbus today instead of South Dakota. Instead of South Dakota for uh, the Jackrabbits against the uh, the Bison. Yeah, exactly. And Desmond Howard. Yeah, no offense have to, to the FCS. <laughs> yeah, Desmond Howard wouldn't have to crank out his uh, peacoat in late October. Yeah, Desmond Howard looks like he's ready to go ice fishing. <laughs> Or to an ice fishing fashion show, one of the two. <laughs> so it's just like I, I wanted to see, and we love to see undefeated matchups versus undefeated matchups. That's the reason why I don't want to see LSU lose to Auburn today. As good as I think Auburn's team is, I want to see an undefeated LSU team versus an undefeated Alabama team because that's what's that's what's exciting about college football. Of seeing two undefeated teams who are really good, both sides can you know really compete in the college football playoffs to see them go at it and see how that's determined because it's going to be hard to determine a one-loss Ohio State team if they lose to Wisconsin mm-hmm. and a one-loss Wisconsin team who lost to a bad Illinois team. It makes it it makes it hard to really say who's who's who has the edge because at the end of the day, Wisconsin lost a game, but they also beat Ohio State, so it's kind of hard for the committee to kind of shake that. you know. So it's just... I'll go in, man. They robbed us of a good matchup, and how dare you lose to Lovey Smith in Wisconsin? And come on, Wisconsin, you can't. You got to do better than that. All right, in or out on this statement, I'll actually go in. Jim Harbaugh can redeem himself and get his biggest win to date by knocking off Notre Dame tonight. I am in on that statement. I know Notre Dame, Michigan, when they play, it's usually an early game in September, third week of the season, so it's later than normal. But with Notre Dame still being alive, only a one-loss team, if Harbaugh pulls off the real small upset, they're only a one-point home underdog, I do believe this would be the best win for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I'll, I'll go in, especially after— I mean, where's the better win? Yeah, because I think when you look at that Penn State game especially, you still had that game won. Like, that, that, that could have been a game, and obviously there was a couple drop passes by receivers, so not really solely on Shea Patterson, but, you know, he did struggle in that game too. But, you know, he played the best he could. And, and I think you still had an opportunity to win that game on the road. So I don't even look at that as a bad loss for Michigan because of how that game ended. I look at the Wisconsin loss as a bad loss because of how – you know, dominating Wisconsin looked. So coming off of that loss and then going into this game 
against Notre Dame, who Notre Dame is still kind of in the conversation of college football playoffs. Obviously, you got to hope that a couple people lose in front of you, but they're still in that conversation, and they're going into this game having to beat the brakes off of you in order to get back in that conversation. This will be a big win for them to get fans to say, you know, yeah, he didn't beat Penn State, even though we hold him to the standard of mm-hmm. how well you played against the conference, not really well, how well you played against Notre Dame. We hold you to how well you played against James Franklin and Wisconsin and Ryan Day in his first year. So it it, it gives you a mindset of, yeah, if you win this game, we're not going to knock you too much because it's a big win against a top-10 team, and then we, we can rest easy going against Ohio State. So I'll go in on that. You know, Jim Harbaugh is going to need this win to kind of get – you know, Michigan fans back on his side again. Okay, in or out on this statement, Penn State is set up for a trap game today. Letdown moment in East Lansing against Michigan State. In or out, I'm going to go out. The whole world thinks it's a trap game. I think Penn State's exponentially better than Michigan State. I'm gonna, Yeah, I'm going to go out on this because when you look at the last two opponents, and, and I think if we're putting Penn State on the same level as Wisconsin and Ohio State, when it comes to offense, I think – Penn State's offense is a lot better than Wisconsin's offense. And, and Wisconsin beat Michigan State 38-0. And Ohio State was able to beat Michigan 34-10. to mm-hmm. I think this Penn State offense can get 30-plus points against this Michigan State defense. The problem is that Michigan State can't score points. And, you know, that, that it's a two-way street in football to where if you if you give up a lot of points on on defense you're gonna have to at least make those up on offense and they can't do that because their offense is just that bad this year so and i think the the most points they've scored this year in the last five games was against indiana where they scored 40 points and then against northwestern where they scored 31 but they scored 10 and they scored seven in a loss to arizona state didn't score at all against wisconsin scored 10 against you know ohio state this offense is not that good so I'll go out on that, man. This is not one of those games. And obviously, as we said in the last segment, you want to take every opponent seriously. But, man, this Penn State team is good on offense. And as long as they keep that same momentum that they had in that Michigan game and carry it over to this Michigan State game, it's going to be bad for uh, Michigan State. So sorry to the fighting Derek Masons. <laughs> they're, they're probably going to get the break speed off of them. All right, final one, in or out. Tua Tungavaloa's injury will be the reason why he doesn't win the Heisman Trophy. In or out? Um, I'll actually I'll go in for this one reason because even though I think this is this is a era free, this is an era free race to where I think there's no room for error for either. You know, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, or Tua Tungavaloa. Like these guys, if they want to stay in that top tier of the Heisman race, you really can't have a bad game or you can't miss a game. Because you're eliminated then. Because you're eliminated then. Like if Jalen Hurts would stumble today at Kansas State, then he'd be out. Yeah, exactly. And and I think and I think a lot of people want to point back to that Kansas game where he kind of struggled a little bit to that being one of those bad games, but he had his Heisman moment against Texas. So, and I think that was a big win. And plus if Tua comes back in that LSU game and he puts a, you know, a beating on LSU and he has 300 yards and four touchdowns to, you know, all four of his wide receivers, then I think he's back in that conversation. And same thing for Auburn. And that's a, and you know, even if Auburn loses this game to LSU and they go into that Alabama game with two losses, Mm -hmm. you know, and, or three losses going into that Alabama game, that's still a tough game. It's on the road. It's against 
a, one of the best defenses in the country, and if Tua comes back in that game and he puts you know stats in that as well, he can get back in the conversation. But this isn't error free. Like you have to play every single game. So I think it derails Tua just a tad bit if he misses two games or maybe one game in this Arkansas. So you know I, I think you know I think he can get back into it, but it's going to be hard to because. If Joe Burrow and Justin Fields and Jalen's going to play every single game, you're going to have to play every single game as well. Okay, coming up 1045 this morning, we will have our Saturday selections, our picks for the games against the spread. We'll go deeper to Ohio State, Wisconsin, as well as Notre Dame, Michigan at the bottom of the hour. But up next, let's talk some SEC. Our buddy Michael Bratton from Saturday Down South will join us on the other side here on Saturday Tailgate Week 9. Good to have you in here on October the 26th. Hard to believe almost through the first two months of college football. We're back after this on ESPN 1025 The Game. Back in here, week number nine, Saturday tailgate ESPN 1025 The Game. Nick and Marquise, good to have you in as we take you right up until kickoff today of Wisconsin and Ohio State here on 1025 The Game as we welcome in Michael Bratton, News editor, Saturday Down South. You can also download his podcast, That SEC Podcast. Good to have you in today, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to get you in. So let's start with a couple of games in the Conference of No, and we'll go to Knoxville, 3 o'clock kick today, South Carolina, Tennessee. We know Tennessee struggles lifetime against Will Muschamp. Any reason to believe that'll change today? Yeah, I think so, because South Carolina's had a lot of issues on the road. I know they won that game against Georgia, but uh, you look at games like uh, the neutral field against North Carolina, couldn't get it done. Missouri, they got kind of embarrassed up there. So uh, this these games always go down to the wire. I think it really could come down to a special team's play. Obviously, the big question is who's going to play quarterback for Tennessee. No one seems to really know. Uh, I was hearing you know, all indications they were letting J.T. Shrout try to Earned that job earlier in the week. I don't think he was able to do it. So I think we're going to see Jared Garantano. Uh, but I really think this game is going to come down to the wire. I know South Carolina's without Rico Dow. He's been their best running back this year. Uh, but Tavian Feaster's an adequate backup for sure. So uh, look for Ryan Holinsky. I think he's going to have some struggles on the road. It's going to keep this one close. But this was a total toss-up in my mind. But speaking of Tennessee and the quarterback situation, like, don't you think that for, for the mindset of a coach, it's – like, look, we're still eligible to compete for a bowl game, and this is obviously an important game to kind of keep that stride going. I mean, would you, as a coach, like, would you rather start a third-string quarterback that hasn't been proven against a tough defensive front like South Carolina, or do you go with a guy that's proven even though he's struggled at times and, you know, maybe he, he may not be the guy long-term, but, he, you know, he has competed at a high level and he has, you know, been your starting quarterback before? Yeah, I think you have to go that second option. I mean, we've kind of seen that was the game plan against Mississippi State when Brian Maurer went out. That was obviously successful. I think that has to be the game plan yet again. They just kind of got to tread water. Uh, I I really think the way Tennessee is playing, particularly on the uh, offensive and defensive line, is like night and day from the beginning of the season. If they can somehow manage to game plan around Jerry Garantano, I know and I know how dangerous that can be. Uh, if they get a win here on Saturday the way they continue to play, if they continue to improve. I don't think Tennessee is going to lose another game this year. 
Michael Bratton joining us here on Saturday Tailgate. We know that Auburn is battle-tested. They've had a very difficult schedule, yet when the odds makers put the line out for Auburn and LSU, they made LSU a double-digit favorite. Do you think this game will be closer than the experts think? Yeah, and I jumped on that line as soon as it came down. I know it's, um, I think it was 13.5, now it's down to about 10, 10.5, depending on where you look. This game is always a battle. I'm so surprised. I know I'm very high on LSU. I think they're, they should be the number one team in the nation, but in the same regard, I'm very high on what I've seen from Auburn. I know they didn't get it done against Florida, but I think that said more about Florida than it does, uh, you know, Auburn being a weak team. Uh, the last two of this series, they've just gone down straight to the wire. I think this one will, too. Auburn's got more to play for. If they win this game, if they somehow manage to win in Baton Rouge, pull off the upset, I think they're going to be in the top four when the uh, college football playoff rankings come in. I think that's, that's just how big this win would be for Auburn. And, uh, you know, we all like to focus on Bo Nix and his struggles that he had against Florida, but the key to that game was the fact that Florida just really shut down that Auburn running game. I think LSU can be kind of susceptible to the run. If Auburn can get that ground game going, this this one's going to go down to the wire in my eyes. Yeah, and speaking of that Auburn running game, uh, Whitlow, you know, possibly can come back in this game. They may play him a few snaps, but you know, obviously it's kind of been a running back by committee with Auburn. Do you see this Auburn offense flowing well even without Whitlow? Because it seems like that's been what helps Bo Nix get through these games is having a running back as talented as Whitlow. And, you know, then getting the ball to Seth Williams and his wide receivers. But, you know, without having Whitlow against this defense that, you know, they're still questioning about, but, you know, they're still a really good defense. You know, is Whitlow important to come back in this game because you want to give Bo Nix a chance to be able to throw the ball downfield and get this offense flowing a little bit? Yeah, I was pretty shocked to see that uh, Whitlow was going to play in this game or at least travel. We don't know if he's going to play yet, obviously, but... I don't think he's that big of a factor. I know he's their best running back, but Auburn's very deep at that running back position, so I think they'll be all right there. I think the key to this one for Auburn is just getting uh, Anthony Schwartz and Seth Williams going. When those guys have big days, Auburn's undefeated this year. And, you know, for all the we like to praise LSU, I just got done doing it. Uh, that defense has not lived up to the hype. Uh, they, they've been uh, getting torched by plenty of offenses that don't match their talent. I'm waiting for this LSU defense to kind of wake up. They're not going to win the national championship if this defense doesn't shape up pretty soon. I'll, I thought this was going to be the best defense of the Dave Aranda era, considering all they've got coming back, and it's been far from it. So uh, I, look, I think Auburn's going to have some success against this LSU defense. Michael, let me ask you, because I was going to ask you about Bama, Arkansas, and you mentioned the LSU defense, so let me just kind of merge these two together. It's crazy. In two weeks, we're going to have Alabama, LSU. You know, the, the, the over-under could be off the charts. It's going to look nothing like the 2011 game of the century. There's going to be points, receivers, quarterbacks. Uh, you, you seem like you're down on LSU's defense. I am as well. Uh, but I'm also down on Alabama's defense. Whose defense do you think is more vulnerable right now, LSU or Alabama's? I think I'd go with Alabama because we've seen time and time again this week, or excuse me, this year, uh, they've been able to, to be run on. And we're talking teams like Tennessee, South Carolina. All those teams have had success on Alabama's defense. That's very troublesome. They're playing a lot more freshmen than LSU is at this point. Uh, it, it just seems like in these big games, it's not like LSU's defense has been terrible. They're just 
you know, they're just they're one play away from uh, kind of turning a lot, a lot of these tides. We saw Derek Stingley kind of end that Florida game with an interception in the end zone. So they're they're fully capable. I'm not sure Alabama is. I'm not. Uh, I like Dave Aranda better than Pete Golding, and I like the experience of LSU's defense a little bit more. So obviously, with Tua's injury, uh, I'm favoring LSU right now in that matchup uh, in two weeks in Tuscaloosa. And Mike, I want to ask you this because Gus was asked this at his press conference of. You know, the national media kind of overlooking Auburn because of that Alabama-LSU matchup in a couple weeks. And mm-hmm. if you're Auburn, you have to think, like, you're still in the SEC West conversation. You lose that game to Florida, but, you know, in the SEC West, if you get a win against LSU and then you got Alabama late in the season, you're still in the conversation for an SEC West title. So so do you feel like we're overlooking this Auburn team because everyone is so dead set on Alabama and LSU being the kind of heavy hitters of the SEC West? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you could take it a step further. Uh, Everyone on the east side is looking at Florida-Georgia, and I think it's safe to say that Florida's played like a better team this year. What happens if Georgia loses to Florida and then they turn around and travel to Auburn? Everyone was thinking, you know, that's probably an automatic loss for Auburn. That's another winnable game. Man, just from what we've seen of Auburn's defense, I think that's the best defense in the SEC. That could be the difference today, getting to Joe Burrow. That's going to be key with that front four. And uh, it looks like Nick Coe is going to be coming off suspension. So that they're just getting another incredibly talented player there on Auburn. Uh, I, I think you're right there. I mean, Auburn is top four playoff team, like I said, if they get this win at LSU. And I would not be stunned if it happened. Mike, always a pleasure. We appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. You got it. Michael Bratton. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael W. Bratton, news editor for Saturday Down South. We will come back and get into a little bit of a deep conversation on both Ohio State versus Wisconsin as well as Notre Dame and Michigan. That will lead us right into the Saturday selections here on Saturday Tailgate on ESPN 1025 The Game. Saturday tailgate rolling on live here on week number nine of the college football landscape. ESPN 102.5 The Game, Nick and Marquise with you. Wisconsin-Ohio State coming up at 11 o'clock here on 102.5. That will lead you right into the Predators and the Lightning tonight. Pre-game at 5 o'clock here on 102.5 The Game. 94-9 game two, we've got you covered. FIU and Middle Tennessee State with pre-game at 1.30. That will lead you into Nashville SC playoff action at 6.45, Bama, Arkansas, 6 o'clock on 93.3, Classic Hits. All right, so let's get to two games in the Big Ten. We start with Ohio State-Wisconsin. And when I think about this game, Ohio, like if Wisconsin was going to play this game in a vacuum at the line of scrimmage, if Ohio State was a team you know, built like Iowa, two tight ends, built like Michigan State, I think they would be fine. But Ohio State has a ton of team speed. Ohio State plays with tempo. Ohio State plays in space. As great as Wisconsin's defense is, excluding that performance against Illinois last week, I think this is a bad matchup because Ohio State, they just have a different caliber of athlete. No, nah, and I agree with you 100%. And that comparison is spot on with Michigan and Iowa. It's where, you know, Wisconsin's built their defense on being very physical, more so than athletic. You know, they don't have any athletic safeties or, you know, they, they have linebackers. Their best defensive players are, are linebackers who are, who are not coverage linebackers. They're more physical, stop the run style linebackers. And, 
And I think when you have an offense like Ohio State that's basically going to throw the kitchen sink at you and they, they're going to beat you with Dobbins, they're going to beat you with Justin Fields with his legs, they're going to beat you with their wide receivers. I just think this is a bad matchup with them because they don't run that typical pro-style offense where we're going to run it on two downs, throw it on third. Like, no, nah, they're, they're going to throw things that you probably haven't seen mm-hmm. from a team like – you know, and, and Michigan runs that same offense too, and, and that's the reason why they've been so successful is they just run this pro style offense with you know Shea Patterson, and it just doesn't work out in Michigan's favor, and that's why you can't score against this team. You know, so it's it's one of those games to where if, if Ohio State does creative things on offense, is Wisconsin's defense going to be able to stop them? And that's why I've always had this notion of. Is Wisconsin a Final Four team? Because I don't think this Wisconsin defense, although they're really good, have a bunch of talent on their defense, I don't think they can match up with a team like Alabama or LSU. or you know, it, it, Maybe Georgia is, is a better matchup for them as far as the SEC is concerned because well, old of what Georgia school, runs. Could they match up against old-school Alabama, old-school LSU, ground and pound? Yes. In this day and age where Bama and LSU spread you out 4-5 wide? And that that's why I brought up in the Big Ten – it feels like Ohio State has always played a different brand of football since Urban Meyer. Penn State has kind of transitioned to that where they've got a ton of team speed now. They run the, the RPO game. But Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan State, they, you know, they all seem stuck in the old stodgy Big Ten way. Yeah, and, I, and remember, let, let's go back to even that matchup against Alabama and Michigan State in the playoffs where you saw two teams on the field and and one team, obviously, they both made it to the college football playoffs, so obviously these are really good teams. But those teams were so unevenly matched that it was ridiculous because Alabama has so much speed in that defense that they made that Michigan State offense look like they did not belong in the college football playoffs. And that's the same reason why you don't want to see a Wisconsin team in the Final Four in any capacity is because this day and age in college football where you have a ton of t- team speed – you're not going to be able to hold up against a, a team like Alabama, who's got DBs and mm-hmm. they're, 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 you know, their linebackers can run four, like run four speeds. And no, you can't be able to compete with that. And that's the reason why you've seen that game so lopsided is because when you run an offense like that and you're going against team defenses that, you know, run speed on teams on defensive end and on the offensive end, it's kind of hard to stop. Okay. Tough question for you. Who do you got? Better day, JK Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, that is a tough question. I mean, J.K. Dobbins, he's fourth in rushing right now, and, you know, he's only 10 yards, you know, above Jonathan Taylor. So it's hard, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Dobbins only because I think the way this Ohio State defense game plans today is they're going to hone in on Jonathan Taylor. And, And where Wisconsin's defense can possibly do that, with you know Dobbins, but then that also leaves you vulnerable somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So they're not really gonna hone in on you know J.K. Dobbins because it's like if yeah if we hone in on him, then we're we're slacking in our secondary or we're gonna let Justin Fields beat us. And you know even if we hone in on Dobbins, then you know Teague is gonna come in the game. And he may have a big game as well. So I, I think Ohio State's defensive game plan going into this is going to be. We are going to stop Jonathan Taylor, and we're going to make Wisconsin beat us with their arm because we know that they can't do that, and they haven't proven that yet. So I think that's the reason why I'm going to go with Dobbins having a big game. You know, I think 
Jonathan Taylor will get his yards. He'll get his because he always does. You know, no matter how good the defense is, he always gets his. He breaks one every now and then, and I think he does that in this game. But I think Dobbins is going to have the game better than Jonathan Taylor stat-wise. All right, Notre Dame and Michigan in a 6.30 kickoff tonight on ABC. You know, a lot of people think Jim Harbaugh is already working the exit strategy to go back to the pros. Uh, I think this past week he had to send out a letter to a bunch of his you know current players, parents, saying, hey, uh, I'm committed to Michigan, yada, yada, yada. You know, as, as much as I rip on Harbaugh for coming up small in big spots, the one thing I'll give Jim Harbaugh credit for, he's a fighter. He, that dude is tough as nails. I don't see Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan because he fails for the pros. Like I think this is truly his dream job. He's a former Michigan player, you know, dating back to what nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety, whatever year it was when he last played in Michigan. I don't think he's going to give up on his dream job. No, absolutely. You, you, and you usually don't. No matter, and it gets tough at times. And, and he should know this better than anybody being in a Mich- Michigan alum. Is look, the fans are going to be very critical of you, and and you know that as a player. And now you know that as a coach, that the fans are going to be very critical of you. This is not Stanford, man. This is not, you know, just win us 10 games, get us to the Rose Bowl, and, and we'll be satisfied with that. No, they, they won a national championship there. And as a former player, you probably want those expectations as well. Is it coming at a, at a you know, slower speed than what a lot of fans expected? Yeah, it is. It's, it's coming, you know, at a, you know, it's not getting there quicker than what a lot of fans wanted it to be. But, you know, it's it's going to take time, and he's got them 10 wins in, in seasons, and we, we harp on him because he, he doesn't, you know, go – he doesn't make those expectations. And those are expectations that we put on him. It's the same thing for Clemson of, like, you know, we thought Clemson was going to come in here, their offense was going to be world beaters, and they're going to just dominate every opponent. But then when they struggle a couple of times on offense, then we look at it as like, oh, this is not the same offense. This Clemson team is bad. No, they're not bad. It's just we put all these expectations on him. Now, mind you, Jim Harbaugh kind of puts, some, puts that on himself sometimes where mm-hmm. he makes comments about the SEC, and he, and he says boneheaded things in the offseason. Well, and that's where I where get we, on Harbaugh. It's like, dude, worry about your own conference. Yeah, exactly. I mean, beat Ohio State before you worry about what the SEC is doing. And, and, and I think and, – and, from an outside, and I'm going to ask you this. If if you would have stayed quiet, if you would have just coached his team, would you still have the same feeling of Jim Harbaugh as you do now? Yes. I, actually, I would because he's yet to live up to the expectation. And Like, I know there's 10-win seasons, and, you know, he's done a lot of good things. But, dude, you're, pay, you're paid to beat Ohio State. you got to beat Michigan State. You, you know, you haven't even won your own division. I mean, forget about the college football playoff or a national championship. Forget about winning the Big Ten. You haven't won your own division. Absolutely. Uh, imagine if Nick Saban was five years into his time in Alabama and he never won the West. Yeah, and and, and that's what keeps Gus Malzahn a job because you know, guess what? You know, he he may not beat Alabama every year, but he wins the SEC East or SEC West every now and then, every couple years or so. He he'll win the SEC West and he'll he'll you know talk the AD enough to keep him a job there, and that's what Michigan hasn't done yet, and. And obviously, you're going to be held to the standard of what the, your competitors are doing in the conference. And if they're looking at it as, look, you can't even like Urban Meyer left. This should be your league. This you have the experience. This should be your league. Even though James Franklin's been there a couple more years before you, you know you're supposed to be surpassed. But James since Franklin. I think I, I gave this stat on was it Wednesday on Morning Drive or Thursday? 
I think it's it was Thursday. The third winningest coach in college football since 2016 behind Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney is James Franklin. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you can make the case that James Franklin has done more at Penn State than Harbaugh's done at Michigan. Yeah, and, and you can. And but it, and it's also I mean he's also been there two more years. So, I mean just yeah, I, I think if you were to give Jim Harbaugh more time. I think he'll figure this thing out. Now, I know Shea Patterson was supposed to be his quarterback savior, the quarterback that was going to finally take Michigan over the hump. And well, that, the that, that leads me to the next question, the last question for the segment. Who do you, I mentioned to you before, Dobbins or Taylor, who do you like more today? Who do you like more today, Shea Patterson or Ian Book? I like Shea Patterson. And I'm, and I'll, I, go, I go Book. I, I'll, but I'll tell you why, though. Every time, every matchup, and, and we talk about how bad this – you know, Michigan's offense has been. If you look at statistically, Shea Patterson has been the best quarterback statistically on the field in every single game. Every single game he's played. Even last week against Sean Clifford, who who won the game. Now, they can't win games, but he's been the better quarterback passing-wise, efficiency-wise, maybe not because he throws the ball, you know, he completes it 20 times, but he throws 40 passes and in last week wasn't his fault. Like he 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 did what he he had to do to get his team in the best position to win that game. You know they were down twenty eight fourteen in that game. They get a touchdown in a nine play drive, and then you know their defense forces Penn State to punt it, and they get the ball again, and they're at the goal line, and Ronnie Bell drops the pass in fourth and goal to end that game. So it's just you know not a lot of that was Shea Patterson's fault, but I think. If we're talking about statistically, I think he'll be the better quarterback on the field. But, but I, at, I, I do think Notre Dame could possibly still win the game, even if Ian Book doesn't have a big game. You look at Patterson's numbers, he's only completing 57% of his passes. You know, they've played seven times. He's only got nine touchdowns to four interceptions, 1,522 yards. So he's throwing for just over 200 yards per week. I mean, Shane Patterson, if, he, if statistically he's the better quarterback each and every week, I think I need to go back and look at the quarterbacks he's playing against. Yeah, because Shea Patterson's stats don't jump off the page. Yeah, because remember, one of those games was Iowa, and Nate Stanley threw in three interceptions in that game. So a yeah. lot of that is is played off the defense and how good the defense has been this year for Michigan. But I mean, Shea Patterson hasn't really lost his team games, but he hasn't won his team any games either. So, so, and, and that's kind of the main thing. Maybe a lot of that is Shea Patterson, or maybe that's a lot of Josh Gaddis and his play calling and hasn't figured things out yet. So, and, and that's kind of the main thing with Michigan. Saturday selections are coming up next here on Saturday Tailgate on ESPN 1025 again. Back in here live on a Saturday tailgate, week number nine in college football. Nick and Marquis, ESPN 1025 the game, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Coming up in just about 12 minutes here on 102.5 The Game. Uh, also at 1.30 today on 94.9 Game 2, you have FIU and MTSU. And then tonight at 6 o'clock on 93.3 Classic Hits, Arkansas against Alabama. So with that being said, Captain Kurt, let's get to the Saturday selections. We're closing in on kickoff around the nation. Time to make this week's picks against the spread. Let's go. You know what we got to do. These are our Saturday selections. All right, Marquise, let's start with the biggest spread of the week. Alabama, a 31.5-point choice against Arkansas tonight in Tuscaloosa. Night game at Brian Denny Stadium, the debut of Mac Jones. Bama, minus 31.5. I will go Arkansas to cover the number. <laughs> I agree with you, man. I don't trust Alabama in the spread. <laughs> I never do this, man, because this is... 
you know, Saban like Lane, we say this every week, Saban likes to call off the dogs and you know, and, and I don't think Mac Jones in this offense is is gonna put up, you know, incredible stats. I think they'll still beat, you know, Arkansas by twenty, maybe even, you know, twenty five. But I don't think they beat them by more than 30 points. So I actually go Arkansas on this one. And this Arkansas team is bad, but I, I think, you know, Boyd, he'll have a big game in the run game. They'll put some points on the board. They'll put some points on early. Maybe Talia will get in, but just don't tell Nick Saban I said that. <laughs> so I don't want him yelling at me about that. But no, I think, I think, um, Arkansas will cover because I, I don't trust Alabama in the spring. <laughs> Give me Alabama 37 to 10. That would be a 27 point win. They do what they have to do to get to the bye, to get healthy, to rest up for LSU in two weeks. Let's go to East Lansing today, where a lot of people believe Michigan State is a live underdog. Penn State, a six point road favorite. I'm going to go, I'll go Penn State. I'll go Penn State in this one. And, and, and it's just because of what I've seen from this offense over the last couple of weeks. And it's, it's kind of what we said. You know, earlier in the show, where you know Michigan State's defense is physical, they're good, but when they go against fast offenses, they're the same. They're the same defense to me as Wisconsin. If when they go against these fast offenses, they kind of they slip up a little bit. So I, I will go Penn State more than a touchdown. I'm with you. I'll take Penn State. I think they win by double digits today. Too much team speed. KJ Hamler, big day. Sean Clifford has a big day as well. Sorry, Derek Mason. It's uh, not going to be a great year for your boys in East Lansing. Maybe on the basketball court. Preseason number one, according to a lot of people. But for football, eh, not yeah, so you much. Notice D-Mace has moved. Have you noticed D-Mace have now transitioned to basketball rankings? Because yeah. we were in the studio the other day. He was like, hey, where's Michigan State ranking uh, the basketball yeah. standings? And, or the basketball rankings? Like, yeah, they're number yeah, one. Football, he was like, he's done with football. Yeah, he's, he's done. He's, he's, done he's on the Sparty in college hoops. He's on the LeBron and the Lakers. He's done. <laughs> I think after the Arizona State loss, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm completely done with this team. All right, let's go to South Carolina, Tennessee today. The Gamecocks, a four-point road favorite in Knoxville. Not only do I like the Vols getting four points, I think Tennessee beat South Carolina outright today. Yeah, I do too. I do too. So that's why I'm going to go Tennessee in this one. I think you know South Carolina, you know, and they have a lot of momentum going into each game against Georgia, against Alabama. You know, they played they played tough this whole entire season. Credit to Will Muschamp, his his team is definitely playing for him, and that was another coach on the hot seat this year, and his team's playing for him, but. You know, I think this Tennessee team, knowing that they have a bowl game on the line and all these games coming up, I and they can't afford a loss, I think Tennessee will get the win in this one. I think Garantano will have a, a decent game to where fans will still boo him, but they'll regret booing him because he'll get them the victory. Okay, Notre Dame uh, number one, not number one, minus one at Michigan tonight in the big house. Which way are you going in this game? I think it's pretty decisive. I like Notre Dame, and I like Notre Dame convincingly. Brian Kelly, better coach. Ian Book, better quarterback. Notre Dame's the better team. I'll take Notre Dame by a touchdown. I'll go opposite. I'll go Michigan with a field goal. I'll go Michigan in a close one with a field goal. I think I've seen enough from them to know that they can compete with some of these top teams. Now, can they finish? That That's usually the biggest question. Can they finish these games? I think they do it against Notre Dame. You know, I think Ian Book struggles this game against this defense. I think if they 
can force Ian Book to make mistakes like they did with Nate Stanley, who went into that game not making a lot of mistakes, Mm -hmm. forcing them into a lot of them. I think this Michigan team can win. All it's going to have to fold on is if Shea Patterson can have a clean game this game. And he needs one of those games. He's long overdue for one of those games. So I'll go Michigan with a field goal in this one. All right, two more games in our Saturday selections. Ohio State, a 14-point favorite against Wisconsin at the Horseshoe today. That game coming up in less than 10 minutes here on 102.5. The game, which way are you going? Buckeyes minus 14 against Wisconsin. I'm going to go Ohio State in this one. At 14. At exactly 14. You can't pick a push. Oh, That's a violation. Oh, come on, no, man. No, 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 no. I can't pick a push? No, come you on. can't pick a push. All right, then. I'll go I'll go Ohio State anyway. Because, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll like the Buckeyes by 17. I do. Yeah. I was going to say 16. I was going to say 16 or 17. So, yeah. I'll, I'll go Ohio State in this one. I just think, same thing I said with Penn State. I just don't, and Michigan State, I just don't think this Wisconsin defense can match up with the speed of this Ohio State offense, so I'm going to go Ohio State in this one. Give me the Buckeyes 34-17. to 17. I can't believe you're trying to pick a push. I should throw my pen at you right now. <laughs> that is completely unacceptable. Oh, come on, man. All right, last one really quickly. LSU, a 10.5-point favorite against Auburn. I think that line is very telling. I would have thought that would be a single-digit spread. The fact Vegas made that a 10.5-point game tells me all I need to know. I think LSU throttles Auburn tonight. I think LSU does too. I think LSU by two touchdowns in this one. And 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 although no disrespect to Auburn, they're a good team this year. They've been a good team this year. Next year they'll probably be really good on offense, but I just don't think this offense can keep up with LSU. So I'll go LSU two touchdowns. You sure you don't want to pick a push? I might pick a push. Uh, you know what? I'll go. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put. I'll hit the push this one. See now, I'm gonna get made fun of for that now. But you are. That's gonna come up Monday on my morning drive. I can, I can't do a push. Why can't I do a push? Can't do a push. Oh man, come on, man. Can't do a push. All right, well, it's not allowed. Okay. Those are the rules. Okay. Violation. That is it for us. Have a great rest of your Saturday. Enjoy all the games. We'll be back next Saturday for week 10 of Saturday Tailgate. Stay tuned. Ohio State, Wisconsin coming up next here on ESPN 1025 The Game.